0: Hey, everyone, you're listening to Where There's a Willis, There's a Way. Uh, it's Josh and I's 10th episode bonus discussion. So this is probably going to come out after the Hudson Hawk 10th episode. And we thought we would take a minute to release some some bonus content here for you. Maybe give you a little behind-the-scenes convo. And, yeah, have some fun stuff. So... Here we are, 10 movies in. Oh, yes. Josh, how many of these had you seen beforehand? Any of them?
1: That is a great question. I had seen none of these movies before this. <laughs> yep. Would you say your, your your
0: past two and a half, three months of life has been approved,
1: deproved? What's well, the opposite of improved? Uh, deteriorated? Deteriorated? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm
0: going to go with deproved. Yeah. Improved, Deep, deproved, or stayed the same?
1: I'd say that it has improved because the, um, you know, I I have a really hard time making myself sit down and watch movies. I'm, I've am fallen into, like, the TV trap where I'll sit down and watch two episodes of a TV show that's as long as a movie instead of a movie because I claim that I don't have no time. <laughs> so... <laughs> I am I'm glad to be getting back into movies cuz I hadn't seen I hadn't been watching movies for a while and especially with the movie drought that's going on right now it is it's not like I don't have enough time to that I would otherwise be devoting to other movies to not spend at this so I'm glad that I've done it if nothing else just for making myself watch movies again cuz I I like watching movies and I like talking about movies
0: Yeah, same here. I have really enjoyed getting a chance to talk to you and Mm -hmm. air my deepest, darkest thoughts about Bruce Willis and Bruce Willis related items.
1: Yeah. Like what other Avenue is there to talk about like blind date the movie? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When else would I have had the opportunity to watch sunset?
1: Yeah. Uh, Maybe several months before recording that one episode in preparation for this concept.
0: Hmm. That's true. I guess Sunset was a bad example for my for my joke there.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, we can read so, it and I guess... cut it in post, so it'll be
0: fine. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Uh, for those of you listening out there, cut it in post means we'll probably never fix it. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, whenever we edit the episodes, we edit them in Audacity, and I always will tell myself when I edit my episode. I'll go like, all right, I'm not going to play sentence surgeon. I'm not going to play sentence surgeon. And then I'll go off on a 15-second tangent that doesn't relate to anything and it's stupid. And then I'm like, all right, sentence surgeon, here we go. And then I'll go in and trim up the start of one word and the end of another word and then snip, 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 snip. And then no one's the wiser. So (laughs) probably going to leave that one there.
0: Yeah, so when I edit these podcast episodes i also have a similar problem where you have a uh over under on how much effort you put into versus the payoff of what you're getting when you're completed oh yeah and i'll end up spending an inordinate amount of time on various knobs and dials and audacity that i have no idea what they do because they're just a lot of numbers <laughs> and formulas and graphs you have to be all, a like, real nerd in order to know what those things do <laughs> What does this number change? And then I'll listen to like 10 minutes and I'll be like, nope, nothing.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, what is this podcast if not for a way for us to back and figure out the way that Audacity works? (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: I didn't want to pay for a class and I didn't have time to watch... (laughs) Uh, a YouTube video. So instead, I'm learning it the hard way <laughs> by a long series of podcasts.
1: Yup. <laughs> learning it several hours at a time. Yeah, I guess maybe that's a good question is that in like a. Most of our episodes run about 60 minutes. In a 60 minute episode, how much time do you think that you spend editing the podcast in total?
0: So. Probably about 90 minutes yeah maybe closer to maybe closer to two hours. The biggest thing that I think takes the time up is I don't know I don't know how you are with this, but piecing together the cold open bits if we have any yeah and then uh, my typical workflow is to just edit the conversation and then save that and then start a new file. Where I drop in the intro music, the conversation, the outro music, because I found that if I try to put the intro music in and then edit everything, everything I'll end up squishing the intro music, or something will
1: happen. So yeah, um, those of you that listened to the episode a few episodes ago, I think it might have been uh, look who's talking two. There was like a similar audio glitch because it was like all done at the same time so like our audio is a little bit off and then we immediately fixed it but (laughs) that was a little a little example of one of those things happening yeah i totally am there with you if you try to do it all in audacity it does get pretty unruly after a while if you're trying to like balance out like maybe you do a line of adr just to um additional recorded dialogue or additional dialogue recorded, whatever ADR stands for. Um, additional dialogue recording is probably the the thing, but like sometimes I'll insert a little line of dialogue and then that'll be its own little track in audacity. And then I have to like keep track of that in comparison to other tracks. And then it just gets to be a nightmare. I probably spend around, around three hours in editing the podcast but most of that has to do with just editing stuff that is diminishing returns for sure and getting into the weeds on all these different things so that's probably where i end up end up lost a little bit unfortunately
0: <laughs> i think our rate of return has drastically increased as we've just become better at recording
1: yes yeah, I haven't gone back and listened to like one of our first episodes or second episodes or so, but I would bet that it is quite a bit different than what we have now.
0: One thing that we'll hopefully be able to do more of in the future is have uh, a rotating third chair pop in, and that will add a whole new layer to any challenges around editing all this. Yeah.
1: Especially when Kendrick and I can actually record together, that's going to be a lot more likely to happen. But I think balancing maybe three people's audios all remotely might be a little bit of a challenge, but we'll see. (laughs) We will see. Yeah. Yep.
0: So 10 movies. Mm -hmm. You hadn't, you hadn't seen any of these beforehand. You had probably heard of at least die hard.
1: Yeah, I'd heard of Die Hard and Die Hard 2, and Look Who's Talking, I watched five minutes at my first boss's house while I was waiting for him to do something, and he had it running. So, that was my only familiarity with any of these movies. Wow, that is
0: a a strange deep cut on Look Who's Talking. So, I had seen Die Hard, I had seen Sunset, and... I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Did any of them uh, drastically surprise or disappoint you based on what little you knew ahead of time?
1: Yeah, I'd say that both Die Hard and Look Who's Talking 1 surprised me. Because I knew that Look Who's Talking was going to be bonkers. And I expected it to be bonkers and bad and have nothing redeeming. Much like the second one ended up being but I, th- I found quite a quite a lot of good things to say about the first one, so that was a pretty big surprise. And then Die Hard 1, I was anticipating it was going to be more along the lines of um, other 80s and 90s action movies, and I, I found it to be really great and very tightly scripted and directed and acted. And then um, Hudson Hawk was obviously a surprise too because I had heard lots of, lots of negative things about it from the critical side and the commercial side of things but obviously the the fans like it so i guess it's less of a surprise in that way but it was a surprise to me what about you
0: so i didn't look at the reviews of any of these movies before watching them Mm -hmm. or i probably would have known better but looking at the cast of bonfire of the vanities i had pretty high hopes for that movie (laughs) and it was very disappointed
1: yeah, I as soon as I saw that, like, Tom Hanks had really young Tom Hanks face, I was like, oh, no, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Young Tom Hanks face. Young Tom what Hanks great, face. What a
0: great way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. But Hudson Hawk, I uh, had never heard of, didn't really know anything about it, mm-hmm. and was, as you know, as we just talked about, really loved it. I'm curious... It's three months from now, six months from now, as we reflect even farther away, will we still have the same feelings? Will we have gone back and been like, well, that maybe wasn't as funny. I've been telling people since I watched Hudson Hawk, hey, you should go watch this movie.
1: (laughs) Maybe that'll be something embarrassing for like a few months from now. We'll be looking back and going, oh, how did I like this movie? But I actually contemplated buying it the other day because one of my roommates missed out on the watch party. And was going, oh, maybe I'll rent it. And I was like, well, if it's like eight bucks, then you might as well buy it because I'll kick in the money again so I can have it permanently on VOD. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. That's a, that's a good good way to think about it. Uh, if I saw the Blu-ray in some store, I would probably get it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the I would say um, as far as like letdowns go... I I really like movies with really big ideas and then ones that like fall short are very disappointing. So like when Look Who's Talking Two is bad, I'm not like, oh no. But when Sunset has a bunch of stuff that's a bummer, that is uh, worse to me. When like Mortal Thoughts has a bunch of stuff that isn't as good as I was hoping for, that's also a bummer. So I guess movies that aim high and then don't quite hit it make me more sad than movies that aren't really trying to do much. And then they look who's talking to all the way through it. (laughs)
0: Look, who's talking to all the way through it. That's a good, uh, that's a good verb. (laughs) Yeah. I, I like how, I like how you did that. One of the things I wanted to do in this 10 episode spectacular is read some of our Apple Podcasts reviews. So we have two reviews. We're both are uh, fortunate to be a full five stars. So we'll each read one. Sounds good. This one is from Not Dumb Guy. He says, thoughtful discussions, exploring popular hits and little known gems. There's some great discussion here.
1: And the other review is from user O'Kaley, and they said, very funny. I'm not a huge Bruce Willis fan, but you can't be an actor for as long as he has without some gems and some duds. This podcast does a great job of going through his film history, giving some context and making some great jokes along the way. So, appreciate it, you two. Thank you very much. And as always, we definitely appreciate reviews. If anybody wants to go rate and review us, Apple Podcast seems to be the best podcast platform for leaving reviews and stuff like that. I think you can on other podcast platforms, but not any of the really popular ones. So, Apple is probably the way to go if you guys want to leave us a review or anything.
0: Yeah, we love any reviews you can leave us, and we'll probably be reading some of them on air as we go along.
1: hmm I'd say that's a pretty safe assumption.
0: So, Josh, as we've been going through these Bruce Willis movies, it's occurred to me that other than Die Hard, which Bruce Willis cre- helped create, he's not really a part of any of the major franchise series which make up so much of our modern cinema going experience right now. I'm thinking Mm. of star Wars or Marvel or the DC or, um, that's probably the major ones that I can think of. Mm -hmm. But if Bruce Willis were to be in a Marvel movie, which at this point I feel like almost everyone in Hollywood is some (laughs) role in a, in a Marvel property. Who do you, do you have any like ideas or,
1: or things he would be? Oh man, you're asking me about Marvel. I don't know anything about Marvel. (laughs) um, Shoot. I
0: mean, you don't have to name. You don't have to name specific characters. I'm just. I'm just saying. Do you think he'd be a villain or a superhero? Oh do you yeah. Think he'd be. I think someone's dad.
1: Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd love for him to be like a an old mentor character or a villain or um. Yeah, actually, like a villain where he can really chew the scenery would be awesome. Like I'm thinking, uh, um, Spider-Man One. Um, shoot, what's his face? Guy. Green Goblin, what is his name?
0: Oh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I'm thinking of the yeah. Toby Maguire Spider Man? Yeah,
1: I'm thinking of William, <laughs> w- William Dafoe. He's, he is, uh, he's wonderful. He's just this crazy scenery chewing actor. And, uh, like Michael Keaton is a little bit that way. And the new Spider Man, Far From Home. And, um, like obviously Heath Ledger and um, Jack Nicholson in their own way. I would love to see Bruce Willis do something like that. Cause like, you know that he's got the comedic chops, but it would definitely have to be the right character, the right director and the, the, the right script for him in order to make that really fly. But I think that he could do pretty great at that. What do you think? Uh,
0: spoilers for Spider-Man far from home, but Jake Gyllenhaal as kind of a kooky villain who pretends to be a good guy and then just goes full ham on the bad guy in that movie, yeah, I think that is the kind of role that that I would want to see Bruce Willis play because, as you know, these last ten movies have shown us is that he has some pretty wild, he has a wild side to him. Mm-hmm. I think in reality, if we were to see him cast as something, I would see as some Iron Man uh, roadie assistant robot fighting mech guy mech soldier, <laughs> yeah, or or someone who's heavily CGI'd like Thanos, where you can't really tell that it's a Bruce Will old man Bruce Willis up under there, but yeah, he could still utilize both the grit and gravitas that I think he would probably bring to it.
1: Yeah. There's um the character that I think he'd be great as in um DC comics is there's this character named Wildcat that is a like Batman clone type of character who's like his alter ego is that he's a, a boxing champion. And then he just is like Batman, but without the gadgets. And then eventually his daughter takes over for the role or some other younger lady takes over for the the mantle of wildcat. But he's like an older figure that's in her life. He's just physically not able to take on all the bad guys and stuff like that. I think he would be great at that because I I like seeing Bruce Willis in like a, a mentory sort of role that, he can play and I think that that would be a good fit for him. I'd believe Bruce Willis was like a boxing champion and then um, fought crime on the side. Like I would definitely believe that.
0: Yeah. I think another similar role in, in a maybe star Wars movie would be a mentor either of Jedi slash Sith or just maybe a mentor for for anyone, really, he seems to have that kind of mentor uh, character mm-hmm. down, where he has to has to help someone, maybe do fight some fight some bad guys. Yeah, there's that new movie coming out with him in the s- spacesuit, Cosmic you know Sin. Yeah, Cosmic Sin. That movie looks like uh, he's gonna be disgruntled. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh
0: probably doing some fighting
1: i think it's safe to say that bruce willis is pretty disgruntled character type of actor these most recent films that he's been in i don't know if you've watched any of the trailers for him but bruce willis seems like he is there to be a hard hard ass character he's not there to be a light comedy yeah
0: there was an article on we got this that came out six months ago so who uh Who's to say how accurate it half is? Half a pandemic but, ago. Yeah, half a pandemic ago. <laughs> um, it says, quote, According to our intel, Marvel would like for Armageddon star, speaking of, of Bruce Willis, to play a an agent working in the upper echelons of S.W.O.R.D., the organization set to be introduced in WandaVision. Oh, that'd Willis's be so <laughs> un- Willis's unnamed character would turn out to be secretly doing the bidding of a much bigger bad, pulling the strings behind the scene, though, which could open the door to future appearances in the future. End quote. I don't... Again, this is not uh, sourced in any way that I can see, but I think that is similar to what we were saying, where he... Ideally, my personal dream would be for him to, like, really just go wild and be... You know, be funny, maybe be musical, be the action star, just a wrap up of the all ten movies we've seen so far, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, anything where he could sing, I would definitely be for that. <laughs> There's not enough singing Bruce Willis stuff, only one tenth of the things that we have seen with the minute have him singing, right, uh. Does he he sing in Sunset?
0: Maybe not. I don't think he does. He's pretty suave in Sunset. So I think I mentioned Immortal Thoughts, but I've had kind of a personal bingo card of sorts of Bruce Willis things. Mm -hmm. And everything that I had thought of, I feel like I've checked off by now. So that is, is a love interest, is the good guy, is the bad guy, dies in a movie, Can you think of anything that we haven't seen that you would put down as a, are we going to see a movie where Bruce Willis does this?
1: Did you add um, uses a sword to that list? Uh,
0: No. Which does, has he used a sword yet?
1: No, but I mean, they had that filmed sequence in um, the bonfire of the vanities. So I'm just curious to see if he will ever use a sword in the future. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, so we're looking for a movie where he uses a sword. I would say also science fiction movie, though I know of several. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a to-be-done, but that would, that would be a checklist item, science fiction movie.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of
0: what else. And then probably him playing a superhero, which... Mm-hmm. There's a loose, There's a loose superhero story to be told in some of the upcoming movies, but I won't name it in case you haven't seen it.
1: Oh. A little bit of teasing going on there.
0: A little bit of teasing.
1: <laughs>
0: teasing. So, Josh, another thing I wanted to talk here before we wrap this little bonus content up. Every episode, completely coincidentally, this started – But every episode, we do a Star Trek connection Mm -hmm. because in Blind Date, we were both surprised to find some actors from Star Trek. And then that just continued. And we both kind of were just thinking, well, we'll just keep doing this as long as we can keep doing this. And then we pulled out the oboe player. (laughs) And it's gone downhill ever since then.
1: Well, it's gone downhill but ever I wanted- since then until we got to uh, O'Brien. He was a a bright, shiny oh, yeah. spot in too. Die Hard 2.
0: In Die Hard 2. He's probably the biggest overlap connection.
1: Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Because it's like, so Quark, he's got all that makeup on, so you might miss him. But there's no yeah. missing O'Brien. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Very fair. Very fair. So I, w- I wanted to ask you, obviously Star Trek, important to both of us. Mm-hmm. Do you have what would you what would you say of the movies? What do you what would you call call your favorite Star Trek movie?
1: Yeah, my like favorite Star Trek movie is going to be different than what I think the best Star Trek movie is. I think my favorite Star Trek movie is probably Star Trek 09, even though I'd say that The Wrath of Khan is probably a little bit better than Star Trek 09. I just really love Star Trek 09. That was like not the first Star Trek movie that I saw, but it was the first one that I saw in theaters. And I think I saw it three times and it was just a lot of fun. I saw it when it was, let's see, it would have been 14. Yeah. I think it would have been 14 when I saw that. So it was a very impactful movie for me. And the new cast, I really liked them. I thought that they're, they did a good job of, paying homage to the old characters, even though the movie is tonally very different than everything that's come before it. It was a good little jump of energy and the way that they interweave in old Spock and stuff, I thought was really great. So that's probably my favorite one. Although I, like I said, I think the Khan is probably technically better, but that's kind of where I stand on those two. What about you?
0: I would probably be in the same boat where my favorite is not what I would call the best. Mm -hmm. But I love Star Trek First Contact. I grew up watching Next Generation, and it was a pretty important thing in my family. We would watch it repeatedly, my sisters and my parents and me. Mm -hmm. And Star Trek First Contact is the movie that was the theatrical release after the show ended, and it involved... Reuniting Star Trek characters with Worf, you know, who had gone on to Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. and it was just like a fun action romp. Which, you know, young me—I uh, think this movie came out in looks like '96, so I'd have been nine, almost ten. Mm-hmm. Young me loved the action episodes; those were the, the episodes I—I I lived on. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> you're not about those prob- entity beans that are. <laughs> Immortal and post some mysterious question to the Enterprise.
0: And I don't want to, I don't care about the ones where they diplomatically solve people's problems by (laughs)
1: talking out their feelings. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I heard someone describe Star Trek as uh, unique in that it's like a a futuristic society where people solve a lot of things in meetings. Mm -hmm. And how rare of a. concept it is to think that you could just solve a thing in a meeting yep i thought that was funny but i agree so as far as best movies and probably in all all manners of talking the wrath of Khan Mm. is probably uh probably the greatest one so as far as tv have you watched any of the newer Star Trek, so Star Trek Discovery or Star Trek Picard? Did you watch any of those? I have,
1: yeah. And I watched... um, So I haven't seen season three of Discovery yet. And I watched, I think, two episodes or three episodes of the cartoon The Lower Decks. Um, I liked Star Trek Picard as I was watching it, but the longer I thought about it, the less I was enthused about it. Um, I think Discovery's interesting and it's got some good concepts but it is not the star trek that i fell in love with because i similar to you i watched next gen growing up with my family and um ds9 we watched through actually all four of the first series um excluding the 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 animated series. We watched those as a family. We would get each season from the library and then go through it together in that three week period that we had the DVDs and then we'd wait like a few weeks and then get the next set. Um, so I, I have a lot of really fond memories based on that. And I, I think that the new show is the new shows aren't quite the same and they don't also have the super fun elements of the um, Abrams universe series i think it's called the kelvin universe that those series have like a a fun hollywood flair and then these ones have like a new golden era of tv um despair almost coating them and that is less fun i like my star trek to be a little bit lighter so i'm a little bit less excited about those new ones although i think discovery is probably the best of them
0: So I have spe- I spent some time thinking about this after I finished Discovery and I don't think if someone were today to make next generation I don't think it would do well mm-hmm. because of the the era of TV that we're in. Yeah. And so it's unfor- it's unfortunate that most people who I know who are you know between your age and my age or or older and grew up on Star Trek always have that kind of standard they're holding it to
1: yeah and so like standalone episodes instead of um serialized well that and there's a the
0: seasons are long and yeah this the standalone episode thing that that's almost unheard of in modern day uh television yeah except for like uh, procedural shows yeah, like the, the, CSIs. the law and orders yeah. of the world. But no one wants to watch a, a TV show that's 20-plus episodes anymore. That's mm-hmm. that's too much, and I think it uh, turns a lot of people off from a TV show. And, I mean, honestly, if you look back at those older Star Trek shows, a lot of the episodes are filler because yes. they had to fill a 20-episode arc. But I think that's, at the time, what was so beautiful and i've really i've enjoyed star trek discovery and i've watched all the seasons i just recently wrapped up the latest one Mm -hmm. and it's definitely different one of my biggest complaints was i didn't feel like i knew any of the characters that well yeah as opposed to on next generation you knew everyone on the bridge you knew all those people you knew their lives they had some of them were married and had kids and all that stuff um Whereas in discovery, it's like an emergency every episode and they're just moving along the plot. Um, yeah, that's, I, so it's unfortunate. That's a different, we're just in a different time, but yeah, I'm glad to see that we're still keeping the story going forward.
1: Yes. Yeah. I would rather live in a world with crappy Star Trek than no Star Trek. And I'm not saying that this new Star Trek is crappy. It's just, that's how I feel about the, the world as a whole. I think that the world is better with Star Trek in it. Um, but I, I do, I do get what you're saying. And I, I agree with a lot of it. I will add that one of the other reasons why there's shorter seasons now is because it's kind of like threefold, almost they're saving money, um, by cutting episodes so that they can boost the budget of individual episodes. That's one reason, um, so that they can fund all the VFX. Um, Another reason is like you said, the attention span. And the last reason is that the union laws were made for old TV. So like unionized writers and stuff like that. Um, They're usually hired on for episodes or for seasons that are longer than like 15 or 16 episodes. So that's why a lot of these are now shorter than that. So that they pay them different rates and don't have all the protections that they used to have and stuff like that. So part of it is, you know, uh, scumbags gonna be scumbags, but the other part of it is like you said, we're just not used to those really long seasons anymore. So and a lot of the old Star Trek has a lot of filler. I'm not gonna sit here and say that like next gen if you watch it today is a perfect show. I just finished up ds nine and ds nine while I love it. has like a lot of issues. Um, I think it's a great show, but I think that there's some good lessons that they could take from. That and bring it into discovery i think maybe like some shorter arcs would be better because the problem with a serialized show is that if you're not down with the overall arc you just like don't don't watch it i guess (laughs) and in like the older shows if you didn't like this episode well you might like the next one as long as like the characters you should be fine and in these shows i tend to not love the characters and if i don't love the overall story then i'm just I'm, I'm just going, why am I here? What What is there for me?
0: Yeah, so I'm excited to see where the Star Trek universe goes. And I'm Absolutely. excited to see where our Star Trek connections come in. Maybe we'll, I wonder if we'll When the first, if ever, Discovery slash J.J. Abrams slash Picard crossover in a Bruce Willis movie will happen.
1: That's a great question. We'll have to see.
0: Another thing I was gonna ask you, and I didn't give you any heads up on this, so oh, go if you don't ahead. Have an answer. We can just we can just not keep this in. I've but done improv than,
1: classes, so I'm good to go. Uh,
0: other than. Other than Bruce Willis movies, have there been anything you've seen in the last few months that you want to just give a quick shout out
1: here before we wrap up? As far as uh, movies or TV goes, as, far as uh, yeah, movies or TV shows, yep. Uh, that's a great question. Let me look through my letterbox recently watched. I will say that I reevaluated all of the um, the Pixar movies, and I I hate that I didn't love Ratatouille. So if you are sleeping on Ratatouille, go rewatch that because it is amazing. It's like nearly a perfect movie. Um, yeah, I just watched Oceans Twelve. That was about as much as I expected it to be. <laughs> Let's see if I have anything of note. That'll be the good question. Um, okay. Yeah. I've got kind of a weird shout out. Um, a There's a animator out there named Jack Stone or sorry, not Jack Stone. That's a character from Lego. There's a animator out there called Jack uh, Stauber, S T A U B E R, and he made a short movie called Opal last year, and it was profoundly impactful. It's maybe ten or so minutes long, and I have watched it several times and thought a lot about it. And it's probably the the work of art that I've seen that is impacted me the most within the past few years so i would i'd would give a shout out to opal um it's available on youtube so if you just look it up it, it it'll be right there so that was
0: opal by jack stauber and it's available on youtube i think the one thing i want to call out recently that i saw and it's getting a lot of press so this is not going to surprise a lot of people but the movie minari which is a uh directed by Lee Isaac Chung it's semi-autobiographical about a young korean family in rural arkansas starting a farm in the 80s mm-hmm. and it's a super beautiful movie it's a story of the classic american dream of trying to make your trying to make your way in life and um, a family and a coming of age film and super adorable i would highly recommend it it's not easy to watch right now, unfortunately. You have to pay the full premium $20 rental fee to rent it. Uh, so it's a little hard to acquire at the moment. But if you get a chance, I would recommend Minari.
1: Minari. Is that like, uh, going to be... In, there we go. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. No, I'll have to look it up. That sounds good. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening in on this bonus episode, the little discussion between Kendrick and I. Please give us feedback if you guys like this and you want to hear more of it, let us know. If you didn't like it and you hated it and it was the worst thing ever, um, let us know as well, but maybe in kinder words, because I'm a sensitive soul. And as always, if you guys want to send us anything, feel free to shoot us an email at williswaypod at gmail.com or... Tweet at us at WillisWayPod. And if you guys want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at Carter,
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at KMartinix. Thanks, everyone.
1: Yeah, thank you, guys. Definitely appreciate it. Oh, and uh, one last thing before we go. Also wanted to say thank you for all of the listens. We are now at... um, 250 listens we just passed that so we definitely appreciate it
0: yeah really great talk to you later see you later